again, thank you for joining us on a very special, on a very special episode of Why Theory. As always, I am your host, Ryan Engley, joined as always by co-host Todd McGowan. Todd, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, Ryan. How are you? I am doing okay. This is, you know, as I did my um, uh, Blossom uh, 90s uh, family sitcom voice, this is a very special episode. It is. It yeah. is indeed. So we are, of course, I mean, you can tell by the title, and you can probably assume that we would do something like this, are talking about the election at the request of your brother, because I can't say no to Wick. Uh, how you doing, Wick? We've never met, but thank you so much for the suggestion and for listening. Um, we were going to do this Wednesday, but uh, after the day after, but I think it's good that we didn't, because I, I, the episode would have uh, aged about as well as toast, I think. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. So, yeah. so hopefully we'll have a little bit more, we can say things with a little bit more perspective today. Yeah, definitely. But we are, I mean, you know, there's just on the off possibility that this might be somebody's uh, first episode of the show, because, you know, I don't know, people find election podcasts like all over the place. Um, we're going to approach this from the perspective that we approach everything. We're going to look at um, some of the things that do not get covered um, by, um, you know, mainstream corporate media, uh, or, or enter the, uh, mainstream, uh, thought, but are or oper- leftist theory either, maybe. Uh, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have a, you, you want to hit out a, at some Marxists, which is uh, great and in no way controversial. So, right. uh, <laughs> so that'll, so that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, we're going to, so, uh, we're going to talk about, well, uh, a bit of a pun here, enjoying the election. I think that's the, that's the number one thing we want to talk about is how yeah. enjoyment factors into this whole thing. And I'll just start from this, just this framing device. Um, we are obviously on the other side of the uh, of, of election night, and there were those uh, moments where even Rhode Island looked like it was going to uh, vote for Trump for, for a little while, and obviously that, that didn't happen. It's going to be... Uh, you know, now the the narrative has swung that this was a uh, a convincing electoral and popular uh, vote victory for uh, for Trump, but like, dude, or for uh, Biden. That's really funny. Yeah, it's, good. <laughs> what it's clear a, what you want. It's clear. Yes, <laughs> it's clear what it's clear that I think was a convincing. Um, uh, in a way, what like a what would you say like a it's a, it's a social victory? I mean, this is what we're going to get into is like how um, how how Trump will still win unless the Democratic I've heard Party people does. say it's a Pyrrhic victory, which I think is, oh. I think there's something to that analysis. Yeah. Yeah. It's so a lot of, a lot of things before the, the election was that there was, there was so much talk of this being like an, an, an incredible condemnation of, uh, of, of Trump, like, like that Biden would get 400 electoral votes, right? Like, like that kind of, landslide victory to to firmly put Trump and the Republican Party in its place. And in some ways, I think this was a repudiation of Trump, but not of the party. And there's a lot of things that um, there's just so much to talk about. So we'll, 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 we'll dive in here um, uh, on this. Like what, how do, <laughs> what do you, where, where do you want to start? I'll just, I'll just do that. So I want to yeah. start. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. I want to yeah. start with this, with something that I mean, I, I, I'm I'm mostly not sanguine about the result, but mm-hmm. there's part of me that thinks it's very, very hard to get a fascistic leader out of office. So yeah. I was thinking about Nazi Germany, and I know this everybody hates the comparison to Hitler always, but I think just on this little level, I think is interesting. So, so as the war dragged on, and as Germany's situation became worse and worse, do you know what happened to Hitler's popularity? I do not know. It increased. Mm-hmm. 
it increased. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that so I think so I think that what as Trump destroyed the country more and more, mm-hmm. I think it's not I think we think it's self-evident that people would vote against him. But mm-hmm. I think the, the the libidinal attachment to him actually augments as things get worse. Yeah. So I feel like we maybe just got lucky to get him out at all, mm-hmm. regardless of what the final, even though it wasn't the kind of landslide that people wanted. So that's, I guess that's my first, that's my most sanguine take about the election <laughs> is that it's very hard to get somebody with that kind of libidinal attachment to so many people out of office. And so any way you can do it, any way you can break the spell, mm-hmm. I think is is a good way. And then this notion that, well, in four years, we're going to get him again, or we're going to get Donald Trump Jr. Well, maybe, but I'm not sure that Trump Jr. or anybody else, I mean, Ted Cruz, any of these people, like, I don't think they have his kind of like sexual appeal to people, yeah. you know. The, so the zaddy, the, the zaddy fascism, as the zaddy fascism, right, yeah. right, which yeah. you've you've talked about, right. So, so that, so that's my first take is that I think it's really hard to get the populist figure who has a libidinal attachment to the people out. Mm-hmm. So it's just good that he got out. Yeah, it's worth a. Um, I put it this way: it's worth a sugar high, I think. But but no more than that. To, yeah, just a, a brief yeah. moment of yeah. thinking. You know, Hillary was she was my spouse was crying and she was. I mean, oh. partly because the first woman was a vice president, and yeah. I was very moved by that too. And she's dressed in suffragette white last <laughs> night, which yeah. is which was nice. And and uh, so so there's that dimension too, which I think is really good. And I, you know, so, so but I think you're right. It's worth a little a little a little bit of a high, and then mm-hmm. then after that, get down to the analysis of it to see why maybe it's not so great. Yeah, well, it's kind of it's it's really funny that the uh, the celebrations that were happening uh, yesterday and today is a little bit like all the Ewoks at the end of Return of the Jedi, like the celebrating the the death of the Empire. But you know what happened? The First Order rose, and we might even that's that's what happens in the Star Wars sequels. Might as well just call it the America First Order. And the so the there obviously was work that needed to be done to uh, uh, eradicate ideologically and politically that position that did not happen because you it know, didn't as, happen. You know, yeah. as we, we talked about this in the first Deleuze episode, that it is not it's not toppling the leader. It's you know like like this is my argument that you know fascism has is, is a it's a it's a flat totality. It's not a uh, it's, it's not a um, monolithic. It doesn't look like the Washington Monument, though we may think it it, it does. Um, but it's more, you know, it's more spread out and, and pervasive. And there, I think there are a lot of ways that, um, particularly progressive dem- Democrats can mitigate this. I mean, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said a lot of this in a New York Times interview today, which is like, it's so, it's, it's a really nice positioning. If you just like, if you're, if you're new, I mean, I don't think anybody listening to this podcast is, is, is necessarily new to politics, but if you want to see how like framing like how form gives away political uh, position in a much clearer way than content does is you just look at the New York times page. They have this expansive interview with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez where she talks about problems in uh, like camp, like how running a campaign and outreach 
and self-selecting uh, voters being locked in by swing voters and compromise and convincing yourself of that the moderate straight putt is the only way to, to win elections over universalist policies and that like moving forward, that's where we need to go is toward, you know, Medicare for all green new deal and these kinds of things, because they're very, very popular and they resonated all throughout the election even. And that's, that's on there. That's a, it's a big interview with her, right? She's a big political star in America. It's way down on their website page. And what's the headline is that it was the, uh, Joe Biden's sober message, not radical change that resonated in what won. So there's your there's your positioning, you know, where where you can, on the one hand, if you're the time, say that you are entertaining this, you know, emerging progressive thought while at the on the other hand, just like completely dismissing and like denigrating out without ever literally saying it. It's, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's right. I think the how things are are formally arranged is is as you say more telling than what's in the content of of it for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that you know the point that bold is rewarded. I think that's true, mm-hmm. and I think it's interesting that you're right that the, the American Democrats they're really stuck in this idea that if they if they compromise, that's the only way they have to win. Because I yeah. think in some way they're suspicious of passion. And right. I think that's of, a big thing. Energy. Right. Yeah. They're yeah. suspicious of passion, suspicious of passion. And they also, I think they have this idea that, uh, that they're, I think they feel bad about their own positions. They think like <laughs> the other, the other side really has the people on its side. And mm-hmm. so we have to constantly be trying to cut in to that, to that margin with those people. So it, it's interesting that they don't, it's not really, we're going to take our position and we're going to stand or fall on it. Instead, it's like, how can we encroach a little bit on what they're doing? Yeah. So I feel like that's, and which is, I guess that's the definition of, of moderation, right? And, and I think that's what really controls them. And it's interesting that Ocasio-Cortez, Bernie, like in their, I mean, it's not fair, I guess, to extrapolate, but in their particular areas there they win like with stalinistic majorities right like in, yeah. in 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 vermont it's pretty fascinating so a lot of these counties the poorer counties they get they went for trump even though vermont's its percentage was was one of the highest for biden nonetheless in those particular counties bernie if when he's running he wins them with no problem so it's it's yeah. interesting that he does have this ability at least in vermont to capture this rural white vote, which is, I think, in some way, that's where the whole, the, the, everything is kind of, that's what we're talking about, really, is this rural white vote in America, or the vote of the peasantry, which is, I want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like uh, people have, have said, you shouldn't, peasantry is too demeaning of a term, but I feel like I came from the peasantry, so I feel like I can, I don't, I feel like I can talk about it in that way, but I, but I don't mean it in a demeaning way, but I do think that that, that maybe as we go along, this question of the peasantry is worth, is worth talking about at some length. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, the problem of the mainstream democratic party is nice, is, is nicely and neatly concretized in this fetish with Florida. Like Florida is just like, you know, everyone, what everybody talks about is, Oh, if Gore had won Florida, which he may have legitimately won, uh, you know, that, that was one of uh, Antonin Scalia's great victories in the Supreme Court to um, rush the recount vote under impossible uh, conditions. Um, 
but just win New Hampshire. Just win, right, right. That's just win, key, just win Tennessee. Right. You know his right, home state. Right. Like, like just right. and and this is some. So, this is something that, that I know that you and I agree on is that. And this is I've I've even seen this in like uh, uh, this was years ago. I think um, uh, Jacobin uh, magazine ran a, a thing on this as well. Is that like if you want to build a blue wall, if you want to win consecutive elections and uh, push progressive policy, you do not go after Florida. You go after West Virginia. Which right. electorally, that seems like it doesn't make sense. But in ter- politically, like it, that that would signal just such a sea change in uh, in, in the Democratic Party. But I, th- that requires like a, I think that would require like a literal party split or the Democratic Party at least. You know, like in, I like this in Minnesota. It's the they're the Democratic Farmers and Laborers Party. Yeah, right. Like 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 that kind of identification. Would 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 help because it um, you know the I, okay there's just so much to say here but like the the, the way that um, and I think this is part of Ocasio Cortez's critique is that like the way the Democratic Party approaches elections is through what they can get from dem- demographic data and the and the more that you can split people into discrete groups that. For, for them and for people running campaigns, that's like the better thing to do. So how do we do among uh, white voters? How do we do about one, uh, among white male vi- voters who went to college? What about, uh, you know, Latinx voters? And, and right. what about those who went to co- You know, that, and, and this whole thing, you atomize it and you think you get, you know, it, it's, all, it's, all, it's this like, like singular ide- uh, ideological belief that like more, more data equals more better. And it it doesn't because the there there's there's already this there's already the narrative holding root that like actually the polls were like pretty good because they accounted for this and you know the the real thing is that Biden was able to you know his strength was being able to overcome uh, a polling error of a big size and that's actually what it is so let's talk about what but and it's like you. So the the good thing is that he overcame a polling error. Like yeah, that, that's like, crazy. Like that's 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 nuts. So yeah. anyway, the hey, just like there's lots to unpack there. West Virginia, yeah, no, polling, I, yeah, data, yeah, yeah. I want to speak to that because I think you're. I think it's such a good point by you that the way in which the the particularism of the Democratic Party and just that this appealing to like how can we appeal to this this little group, that little group, like, and mm-hmm. not seeing how these, like the, let's take the movement for black lives matter, right? Like mm-hmm. that's not a particularist movement. Right. And I think it needs to be by that, by the candidates articulated, not in a particularist way, you know, mm-hmm. like Biden, mm-hmm. as he's taking the, accepting the nominee or the, the victory last night, he lists off all these particular groups and mm-hmm. okay, that's fine. But there's a way to talk about that in a in a way of saying like th- that's a part of the, that there's a universality at stake mm-hmm. here and and I think the Republican Party can never be the party of universality because they're the party of if you don't think of yourself as an isolated subject then you're not there's no way you're going to vote for us right, right if you think right. of yourself as part of a collective you're there's no way you're going to support them but I think the problem is that the American Democratic Party is liberal in the real sense of the term, right? Mm-hmm. That it takes the isolated individual as the starting point and mm-hmm. not the collective as the starting point. And right. then, like, and it, that, thus it never connects these other struggles like 
whatever, trans struggle, Black Lives Matter struggle. Like that's not that's part of mm-hmm. a whole struggle for equality. And yeah. that and that struggle bears on farmers in West Virginia, ex-coal miners in West Virginia too. Right. Yeah. And so so that way everybody, all those people can see themselves in that struggle. But I think a lot of people listen to Biden and they're like, I don't see myself in that in what he's talking about. Yeah. It's like there's just so much uh it, there's so much cutting it like into like if we can just like really if we can just atomize it small enough, we can right. we can get the math equation to to bring everyone together and unite. And it's like just think about it for half a second. D- like climate change, that affects everybody. <laughs> like right, you know, right. Medicare for all. That it's in the name. It affects everybody. And and yeah. it and, and it's like the 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 mainstream like they they just make it up like it's like it's just so fucking mysterious. How are we gonna get people together to come together for a single cause? And it's like like how are we going to how are we gonna get to you know the 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 people in West Virginia who uh like the a legacy of being part of coal mines and then the, the coal mines are disappearing and how are we gonna bring that it's like don't be so fucking condescending they don't eat coal like they just like you all you do and that's it i don't even understand how that how that hasn't happened yet because the, as you said like the the mainstream democratic thing is to look to look at people in their isolation and what do they do is bring them to markets like that's their inclination is right, that like right. it's so like you would even think that like well we'll just change the market conditions in west virginia but i mean that hasn't even happened um and not that i think that that's like that's a good way of going about the solution but it's like the wrong way to get to kind of the right idea and i'm surprised that that hasn't even happened yeah so, well i think yeah. that's a but again you're on republican turf you're on conservative yeah. turf when you're thinking of market solutions I yeah think. Of, I course, mean, of course look they were they were responsible for like NAFTA, all these trade treaties, and then and they're also responsible for the whole like the, the crime bill you know, authored by Joe Biden. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, on on all levels, right? Like, yeah. and then and then like the whole turn of the government to technocracy. That's yeah. that's a Clinton, and yes. you know, Clinton was the main star of that. So I, I feel like that, and and then that I think. We'll get into this, but I think that turn to technocracy and and the and the and the belief in the expert. I it's I think it's hard to understate how much that has damaged mm-hmm. the leftist message in in the United States. Really, like I think that's a to me. Well, that's let's one get into it now. Things. Do, okay, yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, because I think my my sense is that that what Trump is selling mm-hmm. to his electorate is precisely this. I. You live in a world run, run by technocratic experts, and that—that mm-hmm. that is the oppressive class. Mm-hmm. And and what I'm selling you is I'm somebody for you who's going to stand up to the expert. Like I'm going to tell the expert what's what. I'm going to fire Fauci. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to be a slave to expert knowledge in the way that the Democratic Party is. And I think that and and the and the way in which expert knowledge completely runs your life. So I think there he he the enjoyment that he delivers mm-hmm. I think is inextricable from his critique of expertise. And I think that the way in which the Democrats have aligned themselves with scientific and other sorts mm-hmm. of expertise and all kinds of technocracy, I feel like that you're dooming yourself mm-hmm. with the with the underclass. And that's the ironically, I mean that's who the that's who the Democrats you would think would would stand for 
Yeah, it's uh, no, it's a very it's a very good point. And it's the, the, the it's like the enjoyment that the the enjoyment that the liberal position uh, occasions is a is a smug one. Right? I think that's right. And yeah. and I yeah. and I think that y- you it's that's not good. Like it's not, it's not it's not um th- this whole like uh f- you know facts have a liberal bias position. I think like uh, is uh, uh terrible. N- it's not I think a, that's a terrible thing to say. Uh, it's a it's a not a winning it's not a winning position. It's not I mean like we we've been talking about we we have literally been talking about this for for years. The 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 mainstream left does not mobilize enjoyment in any way. like that's all the 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 right does because they don't. Right. And, 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 and it's, and this, this also wraps in the like things with polling and problem with data is that there's just this assumption on the, on the mainstream uh, left that there is a lot, that there is a logic and reason and that people can be appealed to along that axis. And this is the, the, the retort that you, you hear a lot, you've heard a lot over the last four years in America is that like people keep voting against their interests. And like, why is that? Well, it's edu- like education, uh, we don't get the message out. Right. You know, like, like, like it's, it's people believe in the Fox news fantasy. So it's just, it's hard to pierce that. Like you can't win. So they vote against their interests. Okay. When people keep quote voting against their interests, they are telling you what their interest is. And it is your failure to just understand that that is going to lead to them continuing to quote vote against their interests. You have to mobilize the political situation in a completely different way. And I don't I, again, it's it's fitting Ocasio-Cortez has this this uh, this interview today that I, like I think she's like there on this and it's buried on the New York Times page and instead it's like no it's the sober I mean she even says it directly like to think that John Kasich a Republican delivered the election for Biden is the most dangerous thing imaginable because you are going to disenfranchise the people who came out for you based on not promises that Biden made but because of you know surrogates like uh, Stacey Abrams and you know like Rashida Tlaib and, and other folks like th- that that mobilize people and they will not like particularly voters of color like new voters of color and they will not be there for Biden if it proceeds in in 20 uh well uh, you know provided he's actually the one running in 2024 um they won't they, they just won't be there if it's we're gonna be like no we're gonna look at this straight putt we're gonna bring Republicans into the cabinet because we need to have a dialogue and like really like sit and and really think about this and that's not it's not mobilizing political enjoyment. It's not even acceding to the urgency of the, uh, of, of, for one, the pandemic or even like the, any particular like political situation, climate, uh, existential, like whatever, like there, and, and that, that to me is the, is the big, big, big miss. And the big problem with the mainstream Democrat approach is that it always, uh, cuts out urgency as like a bad thing. And it's, and it is, always this like the sober quiet calm approach is always the good thing and you know what yeah sometimes of course but like you you can't what is it do you remember you remember um of course the uh, dana carvey's uh impression of george hw bush i certainly do wouldn't be prudent wouldn't be prudent <laughs> which you know george hw bush never said but that's why the impression works so well yeah. it's like it's like that's now the position of like the the like that's the mainstream thing like like you have Trump like doing his whole thing and in and, and Trump surrogates and just like causing up a, a ruckus and and it's that's not prudent. 
that's not prudent. You should be yeah. slow. And, and, yeah. and you don't, I don't think you win. You don't win that battle with more information. You know, you, you, you have to win with like universal policies that actually affect an immediacy of, uh, in, in, in people's lives, like an immediacy and an, and an urgency. And if they blow this, uh, it's, I don't know, we, we will be, we'll, you know, maybe this podcast will not age like toast. It will, we'll, we'll, we should just repost it in four years. Yeah. That'd be yeah. terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I want to slightly disagree with one point, but sure, first I want to agree. I want to agree with you. Cause I think your point about the, the fetishization of these Republican converts, this yeah. Lincoln project, all this crap. Oh yeah. Like yeah. if I were, I think what Biden should say or the Democratic leader should say is just shut up. Just like you've already <laughs> given us him. Don't mm-hmm. do anything. Like if you want to come be a like socialist activist, okay. Mm-hmm. But the rest of it, I don't know. I just feel like I don't even I almost would am tempted to say I don't even want your help because I feel like their help, I think it does like libidinally, I think it almost hurts more than it helps. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it, yeah. it, it because it it allows people to think this is that Biden represents just what is, yeah. right? Like yeah. he just is what is. It's not even a position because you can have like Republicans, uh, socialists, yes. they're all in the same box. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so he just is what is. And so there's nothing really to glom onto except I choose what is and what was against the Trump aberration, right? And and yeah. I don't think people, I mean, look, he won. So that that, that in that sense, it was effective, but he w- he does not going to have a governing majority in the Senate, and then most likely th- this could age wrongly too. Hopefully, <laughs> my prediction will be wrong. But if he doesn't, then he's just going to be. It's going to be in four years that we're going to get another kind, th- the same kind of tumult with some mm-hmm. other Republican. I, I think that's a, there's a chance of that. So that so I on that level, I totally agree with you about the way in which he's fetishized these moder these these conservative turned you know to the moderate it's a, a, fa- a yeah well i just yeah it's a that's a false collective like that's yeah, it's just a, no y- it's yeah. like it, right practically speaking it's no one it's yeah, basically yeah. no one it's mm-hmm. ba- you know and they, they had no that that wasn't those people that were republicans that voted against like that's that's such a marginal number of people they didn't affect any one of the states so mm-hmm. that's that should be made utterly clear i think mm-hmm. but the point i would disagree with you about when you say People, when they you say they consistently vote against their interests, they're telling you what their interest is. I yes. don't think that's. I don't agree with that. I think mm-hmm. that they vote against their interests precisely because they want to vote against their interests. No, like, that's what I. That's what I mean. That's what you mean. Okay. Yeah, okay. Because yeah, I think yeah. I thought I was just playing a pedantic thing with you, but but well, yeah, you don't do that with me, Todd McGowan. You okay. Don't. No, I, 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 sorry. <laughs> sorry, but I think no. it is important to say that they're not really following that. They're, they're mm-hmm. that that what their desire runs and their enjoyment runs against yes. their interest. And yes, I think that's, that's true yeah. for everyone. And I think what's interesting is that the party of big capital, which is the Republican Party, understands that mm-hmm. in a way that the supposed Workers Party doesn't. Isn't that mm-hmm. it's just strange to me that yeah. there's that it's the party of big capital that really understands the way in which people want people enjoy against their interests. And, yeah. and Trump said, like, we're turning the Republican Party into the Workers Party, and I think there's a there's truth to that. Like, I think there is some. Tr- although they still got, if we're going to break down by, like, if you made over a hundred thousand, they still got most of the. They mostly supported Trump, you mm. know. So. They didn't. They did. They still know where their bread is buttered. Although, yeah, yeah. you know, 
again, there's probably some self-destructive enjoyment in that vote <laughs> for them too. Uh, but I, I feel like that, that there's not a sense of that under a, a sense of that the how enjoyment works, except mm-hmm. on the right, which we've talked about, you know, ad nauseum probably on this podcast. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's a something that is well worth um, like moving forward and considering for uh, just like looking looking at this like the the, the current uh, uh, political alignment is like the I don't think that to throw so we keep using the word enjoyment when we say enjoyment we're not we don't mean like um you know the like the, the in the common sense of like having enjoying a, a you know b- uh, just a, a box of uh, cookies that are like especially good it's the the kind of enjoyment is you know lacan has the terms we saw this like sort of lethal cut against uh the self when I go to McDonald's, as we talked about That's before. right. That's <laughs> your form of enjoyment. But I think the cookies, if the cookies are, if you, like, when you understand that they are bad for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that, like that, I think, is what mobilizes the enjoyment of eating the cookies. That's why it's more enjoyable to eat cookies than broccoli, right? So, like broccoli exactly, yeah. is good for you, so, you know. Well, you know, you have, to do, you know what you have to do to broccoli? You gotta, you gotta roast the shit out of it, and it's gotta be, have the cancerous black on it. And That's right. Hey, I do that. that. That's too oh, bad. It's, it's so good. It's so good. But um, Or you put it with a bunch of cheese on it. That, well, that that's also... All. Like yeah. this is this is fantastic. This is like this is yeah. great. We should uh, we should break and have some. I should have some lunch. But um, how to make but, the, the question is how to make boring vegetables enjoyable? And it's that's just exactly, like no make God. them bad for you in some way. No, this is no. Th- thank you for doing this because I, well, this was the point I wanted to get to. Is that like this is not this is what the left needs to the mainstream left has to do is they need to make boring vegetables enjoyable. And yeah. and and I don't and there's not. I don't I don't know like I think the most immediate answer is we're going to tax the shit out of rich people but I don't even know if that that, that, I don't think it has the same it doesn't have the same cut that like you know again this is the thing that that people lose their minds about with like Trump supporters is like he doesn't do anything for them he takes away from them and they keep voting for him it's like yeah Yeah. that's exactly how that works like you 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 nailed it you just like you're putting it in this like objective like you're it's the assumption and this is the whole this is why there are are polling errors is you to just get data and this is by necessity to just get data you have to assume that people are uh rational actors you you have you have to um and you also have to assume just another problem that the pollster doesn't affect the poll that's being conducted that's another assumption. right and you know and then you you're also narrowing things down to like either like a binary or like a multiple choice. And then from that you're extrapolating like outward, like what other people would do because you have this core assumption of like rationality and reason to it out. And it's like the situation, it's so funny. The situation of conducting a poll is not the same situation as voting. They're, they're, they're actually manifestly different and enjoyment manifests itself in voting in a way it does not in polling and that's like the big miss that's a great point ryan because i think it manifests itself exactly oppositely right like you get a little enjoyment from fucking over the pollster yeah by telling telling her or him oh i told him i vote for biden fuck them i'm gonna i'm gonna switch it around you know like so i think it works exactly in the opposite way it's such a great point and i think you know you and i have talked about this uh this pollster this republican pollster who actually is the only one that pulls in a kind of psychoanalytic fashion, yeah. which is great. It's amazing that it's all we, we're talking about 
the really the right mm-hmm. that understands psychoanalytic concepts better, even though I think psychoanalysis, as we've talked about, I've written books about this. I think it's a leftist project, mm-hmm. but I think it does, it does seem to be, I mean, they don't, of course, think about it. They don't think they're doing psychoanalysis, but mm-hmm. when they, when they, they, they are operating on certain psychoanalytic premises, I think. So yeah, there was this New York Times story. It was like day before the election, I read it. It was my, uh, like one, my one free New York Times story for the, uh, early November, something like that. And, uh, the this guy, what is his is his name Trafalgar? Or that's the name of the Trafalgar guy? is the name of the organization. I don't think his name is Trafalgar. Okay, yeah. all right. So he he predicted twenty sixteen for Trump. He predicted twenty twenty for Trump. Obviously, he's wrong about that. He missed this one. He missed this one big time. But but I think he's closer in terms of what he thought the vote would be. Yeah, it's that, it's really yeah. well. Just his method is really interesting. Like, so he's well, like, he doesn't tell it for one thing, but he does tell one part of it. One, wanna, yeah, I do want to talk about it. Yeah, like so, and I just want to be clear that this guy is like probably like again, he, he's probably like a, a hack and making crap up. But he does one thing that's really important that I think leads him to you know like a maybe perhaps a broken clock kind of thing uh, that's worth worth thinking about, and I think it'll help us think through the like how does the left. Uh, create a politics of enjoyment. Um, but he, you know, so he doesn't disclose his methods. He doesn't do all this. And so like all pollsters like reject him and they totally, like, they think he's just totally just garbage. To- yeah, yeah. Right. And yeah. like, of course that makes him attractive to Republicans, right? Because the, it's right. anti expert thing that we've been talking about. But right. the one question that he says that, that to get that, how he gets different results from like, maybe even like the same demographics, the same, possibly even the same person as like, you know, a Nate Silver or whoever is he asks, who do you think your neighbors want to vote for? Right. And this is, and this is, this only question that we know, and this is really, really fascinating because what polls do is they ask the end of a a group of individuals, 10, 100, thousand, doesn't matter how many you, you ask the individual. And from that, again, you have this core because you need to this core assumption that this, that they speak for a broader group and you extrapolate from that data what the broader group might say under these similar conditions. And that's how you right. get polling data. Um, it to not simplify it like utterly, but that's like, again, like intellectually, that's like, that's what, that's the heart of it. And what this guy does is the opposite is he doesn't go to the individual to get the individual. He goes to the individual to get the group. So right. polls take the individual and get the group. This guy takes the individual to get the group. And then he tells you about what voters want. And that you know, right? What does the other want? Right, That's a right. very, very psychoanalytic question. Right. He's curious about the uh, the desire of the other. I mean, yes. we don't know what else he's curious about, but right. the fact that that's the one question he discloses suggests that he does think about the way in which desire and enjoyment are 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 introduced into the question of voting, which is what I think, as you've been talking about, none of these other pollsters ever give it the slightest thought, right? Yeah. Like they yeah. don't, I mean, I should say that some of them have integrated this neighbor question, but they haven't, they haven't used it to, to actually affect, like they still have this straightforward, like, who are you voting for mm-hmm. as if that's going to reveal. And I think, yeah. yeah. And I think you've said a great thing that, that they don't understand that they're part of the polling, like mm-hmm. the pollster, mm-hmm. like you're, it's a, it's a nice Hegelian dialectical point, right? Like you're, <laughs> when you poll someone, you're involved yeah. in the, in the data that you receive and none of them, I don't think they, they grasp that. They just think like, oh, there's just different sets of data. And then you have mm-hmm. Nate Silver, who's, who's aggregating all these different sets of data. And, and his, he thinks like if I, the, the more we aggregate, the more, 
and th- thus we come up with an average the more we can the more predictive power that we can have and you know it's all a prediction that tries to how do you keep enjoyment out of the equation mm-hmm. I think. yeah so that, i mean yeah. in his and th- th- he's a great guy to talk about because like his legend grew from 2012 right where he right well i think it was 2008 wasn't 2008? it 2008 yeah i think he picked the, the i think he picked every state but one that obama was going to win and i thought even in some it was down to the county i'm pretty yeah, yeah, sure yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, yeah. and that's and that's the whole thing and you're talking about um it's really it's really interesting like i think polling works like in the way that the people gathering the data think it will work when there is not this question, when this question of enjoyment is not so operative in politics. And that's like really the, the Clintonian uh, shift in, in politics is to like depoliticize and de-radicalize it. And so like starting in 92 and you you get the, it's this like, like it's like politics is just supposed to be this like dry, quasi boring exchange about policy and how we're going to institute policy. And we all agree that there are a certain set of truths and problems and we just got to work forward to find a solution. And that's where, and that is by its very nature, like disenfranchising because it's like, right. well, what, what did, what, what's the point of like voters doing anything in that? Like they're like, it's because this is the political situation is just this like dry, boring bureaucratic thing. And you can only do that for so long before someone comes to line and is like, hey, politics is this dry, boring, bureaucratic thing and nobody does anything. And that always that always benefits the right. Like it's like and this it drives the it drives people on the left crazy that like like you were saying this a little bit earlier that um like the Biden position of like of unity is going to play into the idea that quote both parties are the same. And yeah. when people when there's a pervasive notion that quote both parties are the same, one party wins, and it's the Republicans. They always win that. And and, and again, yeah. it's it's just like this this it's just this it's exactly the same thing as this like polling thing. Is that like it 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 just it rankles rational thought like how can that happen if everyone if 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 there's a group of people who think both parties are the same shouldn't it, there be a 50-50 vote split from that right logic would right. dictate it would but right. that's logic absent thinking about like enjoyment and desire and this is like you know i'm reminded i think this is a you know um uh a, a listener reminded me that this was part of the uh, the Y theory drinking game because I'm going to mention Joan Kopchak. So take a drink. That <laughs> she that um I think she like underscores that the Freud's project um wasn't was not specifically to think psychoanalysis as a science, but to think what does science look like if psychoanalysis is included, right? And right. that is I, I think kind of what we're arguing for w- w- could be part of the political cure, if you like to make a pun the like to to include this thinking of uh of enjoyment and and in absent it you know to like like that's i I think like one of the worries is is that like the that to sanitize this political situation like uh with with you know whatever like with moderate stability that's not gonna work that's gonna be a that then this will be an 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 interwar period where we we don't move forward in the way that we need right All right. That's really well put. I think though, wasn't Obama a figure of enjoyment? Like I think, I for think the, so. he yeah. he was a figure yeah. of enjoyment for the left, I think. So he he's this one example that I think 
you know, that's he was able to mobilize enjoyment. And then, sure. well, and then he got crushed by Biden <laughs> and and moderate well, politics. I think, I, yeah, I mean, that's a way of kind of letting him off the hook. I, I, yeah. I, I, in general, think Obama was pretty as successful as he could have been. But mm-hmm. I do think that the one for me, the one real screw up was putting Geithner and Summers in charge of the economy, economic bailout. Yeah. And then, I mean, mm-hmm. that, you know, like you could have like, what if they gave the money? To people? To the people yeah. and not to the banks. And I think that's yeah. a Dean real... Dean Baker's written a lot on this. He's a left yeah. economist, economist and, and that's... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, to, yeah, to me, that was the real disaster of the Obama mm-hmm. presidency. I mean, there's also the drone thing, which I think is bad. But, yeah. I, mm-hmm. you know, in general, I think he was... I think he did a pretty good pretty good job. But those two, especially the the bailout, that, that I think it was, that, that was bad. And I, I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe it's the influence of, of Biden and other democratic leaders, but I don't know. He, I mean, he was in charge. I mean, that sort of strips him of agency. Like he was yeah, in charge. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but I, I really like your point about, about the way that, you know, the, the way that if you don't, if there's no distinction between the parties, why does the one win? And I think that's pretty fascinating, right? Like mm-hmm. there is, I think it's what we've talked about for quite a while that the right has an enjoyment advantage mm-hmm. and over the left. And so, because they, I think what it comes from is, is that I think it's, it relates to universality. Maybe you, maybe you won't buy this, but I'll just okay. sort of trace it out. Yeah, so so the, I, my idea is that the, the, the right always, that the, the master signifier, the phallic signifier, this figure of authority mm-hmm. is is always central for right-wing politics, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that figure is a figure of enjoyment. Mm-hmm. On the left, they're the genuine leftist project, if it's universal, mm-hmm. has not a figure of the master, but instead an absence, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's like what they're what unites the collective of the left is precisely this absence, which is why it can take everyone in. Whereas the right collective has to be exclusive because it's mm-hmm. it's 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 all organized around this one master, this one master signifier that then that who who holds the group together, and that group only is held together as long as certain people are are out. Whereas the left, it doesn't it doesn't its group is you know this is also the logic of of sexuation for Lacan mm-hmm. I think right mm-hmm. like the that the masculine logic is figured around one one that's not in the mm-hmm. group and whereas the feminine is a not all so it's not a whole but there's no mm-hmm. one who's excluded or all are excluded i think is maybe a better way to say it so mm-hmm. so i think that 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 contrast make gives the right this inherent enjoyment advantage because you can enjoy through that central figure of authority and you can enjoy the exclusion of those who don't belong yeah whereas I, whereas yeah. the left i think you have to it's harder to assemble this enjoyment of non-belonging, mm-hmm. which is the only, I think, valid leftist position of enjoyment. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So I think I think that I do I think that I do agree with you. Okay. And I think particularly like the well, I, I think particularly the way that you articulate the um uh the enjoyment of the right being like around, uh, around the, the the phallic figure, because it's also that what he's saying is, um, do you know what the problem is? It's other people and it's right. not you. Right. And right. the more we get other people out, like your exclusivity in this club will increase its value. And that's actually the thing is that like uh, Trump for these people, he increases the value of just being an American. He to does. Them, right? right. Like right. because right. 
other people can't come in. And like, like it's this like sort of like this, um, again, it's this other, it's this other thing that I, that I think like, like falls out of like political discourse is that like he's, and of course it is like, it is genocidal and it is fascistic and it's awful. And it's great that he's not going to be president for four years. Um, but like it's, what he gives people is this notion of like purifying what it means to be an American. Right. right and, right. and the, and it like, it drives, it drives people crazy to think like, well, it's, it's, he's much worse off for people in, in Mississippi and Louisiana and they keep voting for him. Why does that? It's like, it's like, like, like they think that it has to be this, you know, <laughs> they think it has to be a quid pro quo to bring up a, a, a phrase relevant of the, of the presidency. Like it's gotta be this transactional thing. Like they right. give him the vote and he gives them something, but he gives them nothing. And it's like, well, actually what he gives them is by excluding other people, like he increases the value of what they don't have. And that is so like, like that's so intoxicating. Such a great point. I love the point. And I love the idea that he, he increases the value of what they don't have. Yeah. And that's another way of saying he increases the jouissance quotient mm-hmm. of being an American, right? Like yeah. that's, and I think that's a big thing. Like the more people he can exclude from that, that identity, the mm-hmm. more enjoyment is attached to it. That's just a fact. And that's a yeah. fact of that structure of a group that's organized around a central phallic figure, right? Like mm-hmm. the, it does, it's not a fact of a collective that, that has a hole in the middle, right? Mm. Which, which I think is what our idea of the, of the leftist collective is. So that, I think that's a great point, and I, I, I totally agree with that. I think it's interesting, isn't it? Like you, it, not only does he not give them anything transactionally, mm. I mean, this whole this crap about, oh, he gives them judges and all this, I think that's yeah. just all crap. I think it's all trying to, they want to make yeah. him into a transactional figure. Well, that makes it logical because then right, there's data. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Like then that's there's data, the then it's thing. rational, yeah. then it yeah. all makes sense. Right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I just hate that kind of analysis. I think you shouldn't be allowed to talk about this transaction between the judges and the, all this crap. Anyway. No one was um, talking about that at, at MAGA rallies in 2016. No, no one, there is not a single person that was like, hey, you know, Obama left a lot of judge seats at lower court, like circuit courts. And he's going to put like hundreds in there and, and we're going to, it's like, oh yeah, that's a good, like no one was convinced like that, you know, like, like that, yeah. that that's not, that's, that's not how that, how that worked. Yeah. I'm and then curious. This, yeah. I'm, I'm very curious if their the court will overturn Roe v. Wade because my sense is that that would be an utter disaster for the Republicans. And I think they might know it and they might not do it, but maybe they will. So, okay. So this actually that you sort of helped me with what the left is how do you so as you said like um or if a genuine leftist project is orient, orienting around an absence okay yeah. rather than the presence of a like the seemingly overwhelming and like uh imminent uh uh influence of a singular like like phallic figure right okay right. that's and that's that's the right that's trump right so right. how do you have this politics of uh of absence and that I think that it's a it's a nice way to think about it. Like that whole has to be quilting point. It has to be a period at the end of a sentence, and it has to it has to change right, the way right, that we think right. about politics. I and I think you're right that um, and this is where and I don't think this is like disagreeing with with what you said at all. It's like, but this is like where I think like quilting point, and I think you you agree with me on this that like quilting point can overcome master signifier. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, right. like and, if you know how, I think. Well, I think that's what was great about Obama, that he knew how to quilt the sentence in just the right way, right? And I think that was his... 
I mean, that's, like metaphorically, like structurally, not like right. Nest, yeah, yeah. Not, not, no, not actual sentences. Although he yeah. had some good sentences, like the Earth's oceans will stop to run. <laughs> Although they, they st- that didn't actually happen, but yeah, but right, rhetorically right. it was nice. Yeah. Um, or his what like you are the change that I mean I know he stole that from Gandhi and other people, but but yeah. nonetheless it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's really good, Ryan. I think that I think you're right about that. That that the quilt you have to. The leftist political figure knows has to know how to quilt in the right way. And Roe v. Wade would allow it to be quilted not even around a singular figure. You know what I mean? Right, like it, it right, would allow right. for it to be a real collective. So if that's abo- if that's abolished, then like that's then now you have the because it's such a this is what again what I keep making a lot about this interview um, that was covered better on the Guardian than it was on the New York <laughs> Times. By the way, um, even though it was their own interview, it was their own interview. Yeah, yeah the yeah, Times yeah. interview yeah. is like. Her, she was in, insistent that like you can, you need to organize the politics around Medicare for all, which is very popular. Uh, you need to organize around green new deal. And I even, I saw someone, this was like a minor point. I saw someone uh, like just did like a commenter somewhere that like what the Democrats missed was they missed the chance to make uh, marijuana a, a party issue. Oh my and, God. I know. And, and now know. it's a generational issue. So it doesn't, yeah really matter and that's the that's the problem with like you you don't have like like you like the like don't wait for abortion to be made illegal like you like make medicare for all and green new deal and you know the the like the quilting point of left politics like i think that that's what ocasio-cortez is trying to say yeah i mean just about the abortion thing like how did how did Kamala Harris in the debate, how did she, like Pence said, you want to abort babies when they're nine? And she should have said, no, that's ridiculous. You want to eliminate the right to choose. She didn't even say that. Like she yeah. didn't force him to say, yeah. you want to eliminate the right to choose. In that debate, she kept he kept saying, you're not answering, you're not answering. She said, why aren't you answering this crucial question for so many women and, and mm-hmm. men as well, right? Like what, it's just, it's, it's, it's the refusal to like your position is more popular. Green New Deal is more popular. Yeah. Don't yeah. run away from it. Medicare yeah. for all is more popular. Don't run away from the positions that are popular. I don't They're always it, apologizing it's, for it. It is ridiculous. Yeah, it's really it, you know, you never win by apologizing. Mm-hmm. I think I mean mm-hmm. I look, Biden won, so whatever. But but yeah. I think I think in general, you never advance your project by apologizing. I just want to mm-hmm. get talk yeah. about this one thing. This is a little side like a 90 degree turn, but I was thinking about how, how, you know, you said something like how, and this is back to the transactional thing. Mm -hmm. I think not only is it not transactional, I think Trump actually, part of his appeal is that his very contempt Mm -hmm. for the people that are his supporters Mm -hmm. is, I think, integral to his support and their love for him. Because (laughs) I think it's just, it's, I think it's amazing really. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not well, he, he's got the a, daddy issues vote, I think. Right, 100%. right. Well, I, right. But I'm not saying this in a condescending way. No, like, I no, think yeah. that I think this is true. I know. I think every you know, <laughs> what does Sylvia Plath say? Like every woman adores a fascist. Like I think mm, like every yeah. like I do too. Like everybody loves this cut into yourself. And I think this is one data point I found just utterly fascinating. That in the areas in the counties where there were more Corona deaths, mm, yes. Trump's share of the vote increased. Less yeah. corona deaths, his share of the vote decreased. Yep. And to me, that's such a fascinating point. <laughs> just, like, the, the, it's not about how well or how poorly he runs things, right? Yeah. It's about this, the, and the libidinal connection is attached 
to the destruction that he wreaks on the very people mm-hmm. who are supporting him. Yep. Yep. No, exactly. Yeah. He's he's a um he's a beloved general who keeps sending wave after wave of men into machine guns. Like there's a um I brought up I brought up a Blackadder when we were talking earlier, but like this is the in the uh, the fourth series, which is uh, which is wonderful about uh, World War One, the um, Blackadder is talking to uh, General Melchit about um, the secret plan they have to in World War One to to finally make a you know make some inroads uh, in in no man's land, and he just says, "Is this going to be uh, getting out of the trenches and walking very slowly toward the enemy?" And this and this other guy, the general's like assistant, says. How could you possibly know that Blackadder? It's that's top secret information. And he says, "It's what we've done the last we 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 we've done this the last seven times. Like you know, like that last time and the seven times before that. And it's like that's and then you know, Melcher said exactly the genius doing what we've done eight times before is the last thing they'll think we'll we'll do le- uh, this time. And it's anyway. So that's like the, the like separate thing going on there. But it, it is the um the th- like the more it, like the more that you endanger the people who claim like who you know like vow fidelity toward you like it's i don't know in a way it's almost like you're being seen in and right. And, 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 right, and right 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 and right. in in the in this macabre way and again it's like you cannot like the the, the i think that like the popular the popular approaches to explain it are always are, are they, they tend to be like well Fox News and OAN and all the like Newsmax or whatever, like they create this fake world for people and they just believe the fake world and um, and that's it. And that like, again, okay, you're missing that the appeal is that they think that you're elitist and that's a very condescending take. So like you're like, playing into that. So congratulations um, yeah. there. I mean there, but it also misses like people get it wrong way around. It's like, like the appeal, there's an appeal of the cult leader and people always talk about like the appeal of the cult. And it's, and, and I think they miss the, like the, the, the cult leader thing, which is, uh, like of of course of course it's only ever going to lead to like a disaster where everyone dies. Like that's like, like where, like where else could it go? Right. Like, right be- because right. It, it was never, it's never four people. You know, right. it's never for the cult. It's only like, yeah, it's so good, yeah. Ryan. It's such yeah. a great point. I think that I, I mean, just to underline what you said, I think that the, you know, the the enjoyment of that destruction, even when it's wreaked upon yourself, is mm-hmm. really hard to overcome. And I also I think it's really bad to think this whole notion of an information bubble yeah. and all this kind of like they're they're brainwashed by Fox News or America mm-hmm. One Network. I just think. That's just such a, a terrible take because it doesn't give those people any agency yeah. for their own position, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, 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 they seek out Fox News. They're not mm-hmm. like they're fed Fox News from the time that they're born. Right. Like they're, and, and I think, you know, it's funny because I, I, I did this little thing in, uh, I wasn't in London, unfortunately, but I was in London at the Freud Museum, did a little thing online this morning. And Renata Salesal made this point about how there's a, she talked about Lacan's passion for ignorance and how it operated mm-hmm. in political struggle. And then, and then, and then I asked her, I said, well, and she talked about how the, the people who, who advance these conspiracy positions, they don't even often believe it themselves. Mm-hmm. And then I said, well, don't you think that they have to, they actually know the truth and they know that what they're saying is not mm-hmm. true. And that that is actually 
really important for the enjoyment factor. And she thought I was wrong. So, okay. so, so this is probably wrong. But my idea was, no, they have to at least have some sense that this is the, that they're, what they're saying is denying this truth that everybody else accepts. Mm-hmm. And then that's where you get the enjoyment for taking up these positions that are obviously false, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're obvious. It's obviously, it's like a, a flat earth theory, right? It's right, obviously right, false, right. but you take it up because precisely because you get this enjoyment from denying the truth and that, which everybody else shares or the mm-hmm. mainstream shares at least. I mean, that's the key, right? It goes against what the expert thinks. Yeah, that's the, well. I think the flat Earth thing makes is makes the the great comparison because everyone is like, watch this. Like I, I always see this video shared online. Like watch this flat Earther prove the Earth is round. Like and like over like over and over. Like they spent like thousands of dollars, and it's like oh, like look at how stupid this like this person is, and uh, I, I mean that is the exact moment. That, it's like that's the exact moment that confirms their faith. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and so, uh, you don't, you know, I've said this before, like way back in the, where to start with Freud, it's, um, you know, wild psychoanalysis that that knowledge does not cure the symptom. So if what you're interested in is curing the symptom, then you have to approach it, the whole situation a, a different way. And, and all the, I'll, I'll, like, I'll say this, like what the, 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 the moderate, the mainstream, like, liberal answer is always more information to increase the validity of your position to right. win these petty particular arguments online and in social space spaces. So it's like, that is maybe the enjoyment that the left is mobilizing. Well, that's is, absolutely their enjoyment, right? But yeah. the problem is it's a feeble kind of enjoyment. And well, it's, also it's, just, exclusive. it's indiv- exactly. It's exclusive and individualistic. Right. It's, it's not right. social. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's asked to be exclusive, right? Like yeah. You need someone. And that's why it's not genuinely leftist mm-hmm. because that, mm-hmm. that enjoyment of what do you call it? Smugness. I think yeah. that's a good yeah. word. Like that yeah. smug enjoyment can never be universal. It needs yeah. somebody to be the dupe. Yeah. Who who you then look down on? You're like, oh my god, can we watch these? Like, this is what I hate about these films. I don't know, like uh, Napoleon like Borat? Dynamite oh, or Borat, whatever. Mm. Yeah, Borat's a good example. I just despise them because I think they're, they're I think they're fundamentally right wing sadist kinds of uh, enjoyment operating in those films. Right? Like, mm-hmm. they, it's all the whole thing is, and and you know. I was at the, again, to bring up this Freud Museum to talk this morning, somebody, some, one guy who did a thing on comedy claimed that, that comedy is really the domain of the right because the left doesn't want to have to attack people that are, other than those in power, they don't want to attack people that are disadvantaged, so you lose this opportunity for comedy. And I felt like I didn't have time to respond, and plus I dominated too much anyway, but I wanted to say, like, no, the whole point is, that the left's comedy, it attacks itself, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and mm-hmm. every, even if it's attacking someone else, ultimately it's a comedy that's attacking itself, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, this is the greatness of of Buster Keaton, I think. Like, he's the one who, yeah. like, it's not, he's not picking on someone, he's picking on himself. And I think that's the difference between, I mean, there's, I think there's a fundamental, the disjunction is, can the left mobilize a kind of masochistic enjoyment mm. versus the sadistic enjoyment of the right? Uh, that's very, very nice. So there needs to be, so basically there needs to be a Borat that is on the people who are in on the joke. 
Right. That right. Is, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Look yeah. at you, smug liberal, and then mm-hmm. you're you're the one that gets attacked. That's yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 and yeah, uh, that that's really interesting. So, and I, I think I like this. I don't think that we w- one of the last times we talked about this, I don't think we had as concrete an answer. But I, I think I like that a lot. That like there has to be, a, it has to be a masochistic kind of uh, kind of enjoyment. Um, that's very interesting. And you know what? It's I think it's nice that you you put it as as masochistic. Like I, like isn't the great I mean, we just talked about Deleuze, um, and uh, we didn't talk about coldness and cruelty. I think because it's his great point in coldness and cruelty is kind of covered by Lacan in Seminar Ten, right? Uh, right. It, or, then, or to put it in other terms, Deleuze stole the point. <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. <laughs> so, okay. but like that, the um, the 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 sadomasochistic situation is it's a it's a it is a literally a contractual kind of kind of enjoyment like you agree ahead of time like i you know there's a safe word and this is like you know you're you're you you hurt me to this amount and i'll enjoy that right like the like so it's the 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 enjoyment of the fulfillment of a contract um which is currently i think what like uh your your liberals think that's what politics should be so it needs to, to move from that contractual kind of enjoyment to um like a more like an act like a more masochistic kind of one like an right. maybe more of enjoyment of the drive is that like right maybe, i think yeah, absolutely yeah. i think that's absolutely yeah. right but it's interesting i think to give Dulles good credit on this point that that he does say we need to app in fact i think he doesn't like the word you used i think he thinks mm-hmm. there's no such thing as sadomasochism that there's uh, this fundamental divide between the two mm-hmm. and i think he rightfully comes out on the side of masochism. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I, I do think there's something, I, I, I think that book is, as we both agree, one of his better ones. So mm-hmm. I think, and I like that point. Um, I want to just cut, so this, I think this is, there's all, it's almost a good stopping point, but I, I just for that reason, <laughs> I want to go on and talk about something else. So are you talking was, about the Marxist point? Uh, I will maybe talk about this. Maybe this will be in conjunction with this point okay, that right, I want to make. Right, okay. Right. So, so I was talking with this, uh, is he a Lacanian? No, he's like French philosopher Jean Claude Milner, right? And okay. and these interviews are actually on, I, I post them on YouTube. But but this, I think this point we made off off camera, so I, or he made to me. He said he said this interesting thing. He said every revolution in the history of the world has been undone or hampered by the by the peasantry. And mm-hmm. his and he said and every social attempt at social advancement in our contemporary world is undone by the peasantry. Mm-hmm. And so he was talking about there was the yellow vest movement in France right mm-hmm. when Macron tried to pass this gas tax to do something about global warming and he right, and, right. and 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 Milner was, you know, leftists have been kind of all over on the on the yellow vest movement, the mm-hmm. uh, the gilets jaunes, but 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 Milner was came down I think pretty much against for this reason and 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 it's interesting because if you think about who elected Trump, it is overwhelmingly the peasantry, right? Like mm-hmm. the rural, the white rural class. And so that's a, unfortunately the group that I, I came from, <laughs> but, but, uh, but I, so I, I, I wonder about that. I mean, I wonder if that's, you know, uh, uh, I don't know how to deal. With, I, I don't, I think that's a hard thing to try to well, undo because I think they're so. I think those people are really attached to this kind of national enjoyment that the figure of like Trump provides. Go ahead. Can I give you something? What about um? Okay, so I want to just. I just want to proceed with the. So the idea of the um, 
proliferating a masochistic enjoyment is an inward looking, um, what would you say? Like, like you, you need to be like, you need to, it needs to be an acceptance of the cut to kind of like whatever, whatever on the, someone on the left, whatever like elevation, uh, you may have, like you need to be like, I don't what, like, uh, like, like advancing a politics that like cuts, uh, cuts that out. Okay. Yeah. Because I think, you know, it's interesting what, like, I think what people normally do is that they, they, they look at the very particular kinds of, um, privileges that they may have and they try to cut those out rather than like looking at you know it's like well i won't go to starbucks i like i i will i'll eat vegan and and dress vegan i'll make sure that you know like, like i'll, I'll try sure to that, be aware of my white privilege and right right whatever right. that entails right yeah, yeah right exactly that kind of thing but it's it's yeah. and and that's the kind of the i mean we talked about that before that's a, an aggregate of particulars does not equal a like a universal, like that's, I mean, that's great. I mean, like if that's, if that, if that's a thing that helps somebody, you know, uh, on the way toward a politics of universality, you know what, to- totally fine. But like, it's right. that, that kind of like stopping point at the individual, like that's actually being, th- that's actually being sadistic. Like, like you are just, it's kind of like self-flagellating, right? Like you're just making so that you don't have anything and that's not necessarily affecting like, the social, you're just like kind of like taking yourself out of the, of right. the, of the, right. of, the of any right. kind of collective thing. So, okay. All right. So if we go with that, um, the, how, is there a possibility of a, um, to use a Reagan term, is there a possibility of a trickle down masochism? Todd McGowan. Yeah. That, talk to me about that, it. What do you mean? Explain. Well, what I mean, because if I, so I want to accept this point of that, uh, that Milner made and that, that you're, um, I think advocating about like the, the, the peasantry, like undoing the, the, the revolutions. Um, and is it, is it possible that in these revolutionary situations that because there was not this, um, primary left, uh, like masochism for those at the top that, that led to the, the peasant revolt. Yeah. I think that's right. I think that's really good. Yeah. I think that's right. I think, I think that those movements, Mm-hmm. Were, to, were were had still in them some kernel of this, like, you know, like, let's just take the French Revolution, right? Like, it's still, there still was this idea that from, from Paris, that the Committee of Public Safety, that there was this, they, they could take up this phallic position, and thus, they, they, there was a little too much of the rightist logic mm-hmm. in that position, which then, I think you're right, like, that allowed... This the the Vendée is where the main mm-hmm. populist revolt occurred, and so that kind of that gave birth to it. That that this failure to, and I think the focus on what's missing mm-hmm. is a, is the kind of I think what you're talking about. Like, it's kind of like structural masochism yeah, that's yeah, required yeah. Yeah. in order to then offset or 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 a priori counteract the the populist reactionary response to any kind of revolutionary change right mm. like i think mm-hmm. that's what's really that's what's really necessary is this kind of focus on what is absent and making that into some like instead of saying i'm we're going to heal the nation yeah. say we're going to like no we're going to actually like really live in this cut of the nation mm. like could you imagine someone saying that like it would <laughs> it would be so i think i don't think anybody would even know how to respond to it Right, we need to, think, like, like, like if Biden said, uh, listen, this may not be what you want to hear, but, um, we actually need to hurt the nation. 
right to to right. To, to go to to move forward. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe yeah. it's a failed. Uh, maybe you can't rhetorically. That just doesn't work maybe because it yeah. it's like it's like in Mad Men, the first episode of Mad Men. You know, where they come to Don Draper, one of these professors comes with this like. Let's advertise cigarettes with putting a big skull on them and say death drive. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, Don's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that, that ain't gonna work. So I think I think there is this this way in which death drive has to be it can't be conscious. And that's the difficulty, right? You gotta you gotta address the unconscious in through consciousness. So you have to you have to do it subtly. So I don't well, think you can well, just heal say, the, heal the nation yeah. is not it's toasted. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. the, to, to carry the, the uh, you know, the, the first episode of Mad Men example. Like, because yeah, the, that's right. the, the whole point, the whole reason why It's Toasted works is because it's almost in its very avoidance of cigarettes killing you. It's avowing that that's happening. So that's, that's why. Right. That's so that's right. that's why that's it right. works um, at, at both conscious and unconscious levels. So like yeah. we're going to we're going to heal. So, OK, yeah. So maybe we're going to hurt the nation. <laughs> it's probably maybe that's. But I do think you're right to look to Don Draper for the answer for the left, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. 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 Someone interviewed me about my book, Capitalism and Desire, and she's like, I got the sense that you had two real heroes. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, really? Who? And and she said, can you guess? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, Hegel and Freud? She goes, no, Hegel, but... Who the other one's a Don Draper? <laughs> I, thought, yeah. no, I thought that was really interesting because I do think that's true. Like I do think he was someone who tried to translate the idea of death drive into advertising in some way, right? Like he was mm-hmm. so conscious of that. Anyway, um, that's that's uh, far from uh, far afield, I guess. But I, I do just like to 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 cut back to this Marxism thing that I wanted to say, and it <laughs> okay, it, yeah. it, 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 it it touches on what we've been talking about mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I think. I think it's really hard for Marxism to explain why people, and you've talked about this too, why people are voting so seriously against their interest. All mm-hmm. they can say is they've been manipulated. Right. And I false think you consciousness. Have, false right. consciousness, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I think you have to say, no, just like you said, maybe they're, if they keep voting against their interest, maybe their desire lies elsewhere. And I think yeah. that's mm-hmm. something that... I think it's really hard for Marxism without this psychoanalytic addition mm-hmm. to make sense of. So th- it's not a critique of Marxism per right. se. It's just a, a need. I think that we need to have this psychoanalytic apparatus attached to it. Otherwise, I think it, it founders on this this question of why people are doing what they're doing. Mm, excellent. That is a. Uh, I think that's a fantastic uh, closing. Uh, a closing con- point. Yeah, good. Nice, good. Nice closing good. point by you. Okay, what's um, well, the lesson? Is it well? You gotta it, watch the first episode of Mad Men. Obviously. Watch the first episode <laughs> of Mad Men. Yeah, it's a, it's really great. I think. And then, okay, over and out, Ryan. Over and out, Ted.